Hey Christ City, my name is Brett Landry and it is my joy to be opening up God's word with you as we continue our series in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Just before we jump into the scriptures, a few announcements for you. One, uh, it is Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. It is the beginning of Holy Week, and we are preparing some great Good Friday content for you and really excited to share that with you. So stay tuned to our communications, and uh, you'll then know what we're doing and when we're going to be looking at that together as a community. Second, if you're not yet receiving our communications, go to the website and click on Connect, and that will give you all of the ways that you can connect with us. Uh, And in addition to that, if you're not yet in a community group and you're feeling a little extra isolated, a little extra alone, right now and perhaps you're feeling the need to have some Christian community around you, it would be our joy to help facilitate that and to get you plugged into a community group. And so for both of those things, if you have any trouble with it at all, you can email us at info at christcitychurch.ca. Uh, Third, for those of you who are followers of Jesus who call Christ City home, we just want to give you the reminder in this season that we're asking you to continue to give. It's the call for all of us to continue to give. And again, if you go to the website, click on the give tab on the website. It'll lay out all of the instructions on how you might do that in this season where we're not gathering together. All right, with that said, let's jump into Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Let me read the text for us. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these." But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Three times in this passage, Jesus says, do not be anxious. We need to hear that call. I need this passage in this season. You need this passage in this season. We as a community need this passage in this season, even today. Don't be anxious, it says. If you're looking at any other English translation of the Bible apart from the English Standard Version that we use, it may say, do not worry. Jesus is saying to us, don't worry and don't be anxious. Now, worry and anxiety often get used interchangeably, but I actually don't think they're the same thing. Psychologists will tell us that worry is essentially the thought. It's the thinking part that's concerned with the potential negative future events. Whereas anxiety is more the felt response, it's more of the emotional response to the worry that's going on in our thought life. It's the feeling part that accompanies the worried mind. Worry's the mental loop that's playing in our minds right now as we live in a world that has been greatly shaken and a world where we don't know what the new normal is going to look like or when the new normal is going to be enacted. And anxiety then is the felt 
emotional outcome of that mental state of worry where our thoughts are looped and we're living in uncertain days. Now, if all Jesus said was don't worry and don't be anxious, I think we'd be in a bit of trouble. Being told not to do it is one thing, and being told how to deal with it when it's going on in your life is quite another. And what we desperately need in this moment is to know how to deal with our worries and our anxieties, and thank God that's what this whole passage is about. The first word of the text that we're looking at is therefore, which means that it's deeply connected to what Jesus has already said in the Sermon on the Mount, and I think most profoundly connected to what he said last week when we looked at the passage where it talked about not storing up treasures here on earth, but storing up treasures in heaven, where it talked about how we cannot serve both God and money. And Jesus is saying, therefore, since the call for you who know God and for those of you who desire to follow him with a single-minded devotion, he says, therefore, since we don't judge God's faithfulness by our circumstances, but rather we judge our circumstances by God's faithfulness. Jesus says, therefore, don't be anxious about your life. It says in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. No, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Jesus is saying to us, those of you, he's saying, who have set your hopes on me and have anchored your trust in me, you need not be consumed with worry and anxiety over the basic matters of everyday life, over the basic needs of everyday existence. He says the reason that you need not worry is actually related to the nature and character of God as revealed to us in Scripture. This is what he's going to be unpacking for us about the reason we don't have to worry. And he gives us some examples then about our Heavenly Father and how our Heavenly Father can be trusted. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See, when we're not sure how it's all going to work out, Jesus says that we need to be mindful to look at the birds of the air and to the flowers of the field. We need to be mindful of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and how much greater God's care and concern and love is for us. And then Jesus summarizes his point again in verse 31. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Hey, Jesus, again, he is saying these are the all-consuming thoughts of those who do not know God as their father. But as a follower of Jesus, he's saying you do know God as your father. You know his care. You know his concern. You know his love. You know that you have a father in heaven who is considerate of everything you need and, in fact, knows your needs before they occur. Jesus is saying 
We don't have to be consumed with daily worry and anxiety and then respond like those who are unaware of the care and love of our Heavenly Father, but that we are free to respond like children of God, knowing that we have a Father who ultimately meets all of our needs in an overwhelmingly generous way. Now, like I said, he doesn't leave us with don't worry and don't be anxious and just kind of says that and stops. He's not some Rastafarian singing a bad song about don't worry, be happy, as though that's like an actual solution in life. He goes on in verse 33 to tell us how to deal with our worries and our anxieties. It says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So in the midst of the worries and anxieties of life, we learn to ask the better question. This is what this brings to the surface in our life. We need to learn to ask the better question, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God, and what does it mean to seek his righteousness? Seeking first the kingdom of God means that you realize you have entered into his story, and seeking first his righteousness means you're committed to living in his ways. Seeking first the kingdom of God is to accept his salvation, and then seeking first his righteousness is to abide in his will for your life. The kingdom of God is where the kingship of Jesus is accepted and embraced, and his righteousness, the righteousness of God that is related to his nature and character and what he is like, the righteousness of God is where his will and his ways are known and then lived out. Seeking the kingdom of God is recognizing the work of the king on our behalf in the way that the one grand story of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation finds its fulfillment and focus in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then it's how we enter into that story, the story of Jesus, through repentance and faith. Seeking first the kingdom of God is how we participate in the kingship of Jesus by recognizing that it's through Jesus' incarnation and life and death and resurrection that we have a home made for us in the kingdom. Seeking first his righteousness means that we know he has been raised from the dead and that he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he rules and reigns over all the cosmos in glory and power and that we as his subjects, his kingdom people, that we are then to to live according to his will and his ways. So to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it means that we see him both as Savior and Lord, and that we respond to that salvation and his lordship in our lives through repentance from sin and faith toward God. It's not a one-time act where we one time have repented of sin and placed our faith in Jesus, but in seasons like this, we're reminded that our repentance is an ongoing participation in his kingdom. Repentance is the ongoing operating system of the kingdom of Jesus, and so we turn away from that which is not the will of God, and we turn toward him, reorient ourselves toward him, and accept his will for our lives by throwing all our trust and all our faith in him, to follow him to the best of our abilities. Now you might ask the question, how does that help us to deal with our worries and anxieties? And I'd say, great question, I appreciate you asking it. When you enter into new kingdom life and you enter into a life under the kingship of Jesus and your heart is captivated by his sacrificial love for us and you see his will for your life as good and pleasing and perfect, 
It reorients your focus in life off of the everyday worries and it gives you a new goal and a new direction to live toward. Seeking first the kingdom of God and seeking his righteousness means our hearts and minds have been transformed that we would now live into a different vision of life. And I think most meaningfully for us today, it's a picture of life where we know that we have entered into the eternal story of God, the story of Jesus, where we know that our past sin can be forgiven and that we've entered into a way of life, a kingdom way of life under the kingship of Jesus, where we know that our present circumstances are not only known by him, but that he has promised to provide our needs in the midst of it. We know that we're fed and clothed, if we want to look at Jesus' illustrations from earlier in the passage. In addition to that, we know that our future provision is guaranteed. It's not just in a temporal sense, here and now, but in an ultimate sense with our eternal inheritance. So when we enter into kingdom life, Our anxieties melt away in the sense that we know our past sin is forgiven, our present situation and circumstances are being held secure, and our future inheritance is promised to us and cannot be taken. It allows us to enter into life absent of some of the worries that those who do not know God as the Heavenly Father are subject to. And that's why Jesus can say in verse 34, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See, in Christ, your present is under God's control and his care. So is your future. See, you don't need to be anxious about it. Now, let me say two more things to two different groups of people. First, let me say this to those of you who are not yet fully committed followers of Jesus. You don't have the assurance of your future and your anxiety is a product of the uncertainty of your life. So if for whatever reason you have not yet yielded your heart to God, you have not yet surrendered your heart to him, let me say something to you. The anxiety you feel is real And God is using it to draw you to himself. The anxiety and the worry that is consuming your thought life and your emotional life is a sign that your heart is not yet resting in him. About 1,600 years ago, there was a leader in the church named Augustine. And Augustine quite famously said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. So if you've got a restless heart in the here and now, perhaps it's because God is calling you not to find your rest and your peace in your health or your wealth or your safety or your comfort, but perhaps God is calling you to find your rest and peace in him. Maybe today is the day where you finally humble yourself and you cry out to him and you say, I need you. I can't handle this on my own. I'm overwhelmed and I'm asking that you would enter into my life and save me. Please heal me. Please comfort me. Please give me your peace. Please allow me to find my rest in you. Maybe today is when you say that. You say, you've made me for yourself, O Lord, and my heart is restless because I have not found my rest in you. Every single person who you know who is a follower of Jesus 
has at some point crossed that line, that threshold, from a place of unbelief into a place of belief and faith. You can cross that line today in this moment. There are people around you who would love to talk with you and help you. If you don't know somebody who is a follower of Jesus, can I just tell you right now, you can email me at brett at christcitychurch.ca. I'd be thrilled to talk to you, be thrilled to pray with you, and I'd be thrilled to lead you into life with Jesus. That's the first group of people I wanted to talk to. The second group of people are those of you who are already fully devoted followers of Jesus, but you need to know that your anxiety is also a call to God. It's a call to return to daily trust in him. It's a call to return once again to access the bottomless well of his grace and provision to receive his peace again in this time of anxiety. And let me say, you're not alone, and this is not an unusual challenge that you're going through right now as a follower of Jesus. If, if worry is the mental battle and anxiety is the accompanying emotional response to the worry that's going on in our minds, it means that we need both our heart and our mind to be transformed. Look at what the Apostle Paul told his friends when he wrote them a letter that we see in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, in your worries and anxieties, there are two things we need to look at, and the first is here. We need a transformed prayer life. We need to take our worry and anxiety, and we need to lay it before the feet of Jesus. We need to take our worry and anxiety and confess it to God and name it and ask him to give us peace in its place. The Lord is at hand. He hears our prayers. He hears our cries. He knows our tears. He is at hand. Take it to him in prayer and let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The first thing we need in this season is a transformed prayer life. The second is transformed thinking. Again, Philippians chapter 4, this time verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. We need a transformed prayer life, but we also need to change the focus of our thinking, the meditation of our thoughts, the loop that is circling around, looped around in our brain, the anxiety that is in our heart, but the worry that's in our mind. We need to break that. If worry finds its origin in our thoughts, if worry is the thinking part that is concerned with potential negative future consequences or events, then we need to catch our thoughts before they connect to our heart and make us anxious. And Paul the Apostle says, practice these things and listen to this. The God of peace will be with you. See, you can only have the peace of God when you know and rejoice in the God of peace. Let me pray. 
Father, we thank you for your provision in our lives that you have given us your son Jesus, that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit, and that you have invited us to come and lay our burdens before you. And so today, together, we lay our burdens before you. We bring our worries and anxieties and we confess them to you. And we ask you that in exchange for our confession of worry and anxiety, that you might grant us peace that surpasses all understanding. That we would be people who seek first the kingdom of God and seek your righteousness. That we live under the kingship of Jesus and know that he has promised we need not worry or be anxious even in this tumultuous season. We need not worry or be anxious because you are our loving Heavenly Father who cares for us and hears our prayer. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Christ City Church in Vancouver, please visit ChristCityChurch.ca. We invite you to join us in praying that God's kingdom would come in Vancouver as it is in heaven.